Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast is dedicated to supporting the Summit League and its student-athletes by commending their accolades and talking hoops. This podcast is hosted by a washed-up NAIA golfer, avid sports fan, and jackrabbit at heart, Madison Van Walligan Boston. Probably SDSU's greatest threat as far as uh, taking a loss goes right now is North Dakota State. Um, Oral Roberts hasn't done in the past. They ha- haven't had a high-octane offense. If you were to combine Casey Barovich and Heaven Hamling, that's 55 points. I am so, so, so excited to be back here. This is our second episode of the second season. Week two of Summit League Play has wrapped up. And as expected, we're back with another podcast for you. The first thing I want to do tonight is run through the standings and let you know how last week went in case you missed it. Um, So we'll start at the top. South Dakota State is currently sitting in the number one spot. They are 4-0 and last week defeated Western Illinois and St. Thomas. The St. Thomas game was close. It ended up being 10 points, um, but it looked like a bigger gap than it actually was. We're going to talk about that um, in a second and uh, discuss what I personally think um, won the game for SDSU. And the second spot in the Summit League standings is North Dakota State. They are 3-0, defeated UND last week with a five-point victory. We'll definitely get into that game. Um, that was crazy. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. It, it honestly seems like we're going to have at least one game like that throughout every week of the season, if not two. Um, so if you like exciting, heart gut-wrenching, heart-stopping, gut-wrenching basketball, um, this league is absolutely for you. USD sitting in our third spot at 3-1, and one, defeated St. Thomas last week by two. Now, remember that I just said that the St. Thomas and South Dakota State game was close. Um, So was the St. Thomas and USD game. UST, St. Thomas came quite close to um, knocking off both of our regular league leaders. So certainly won't be long before they are running with the top of the league and the best of the best. Um, North Dakota at two and one is in our fourth spot. As mentioned, they lost their loan game last week to North Dakota State. So they'll be back on the two weeks or two game schedule, excuse me, um, this week. And we'll preview those games at the end of our episode today. Oral Roberts, two and two, sitting in the five spot um, right there at 500. Defeated Omaha and Denver last week after losing to USD. Um, the week prior after giving SDSU a run for their money. So started out super hot, kind of fell off the wagon a little bit, but found their footing again and um, defeated Omaha and Denver last week. We will be actually talking to Oral Roberts head coach Kelsey Music later on in the episode, so stick around for that. Um, You're going to want to hear that. That was a lot of fun to sit down with her. 
Omaha and Denver are tied um, in the sixth spot. They're both one and one in the league. They both found their wins over Kansas City last week, which obviously means that Kansas City went 0-2, and, um, and we will get there. Western Illinois, one and three, split its games last week, but defeated USD by nine. We're going to talk about that game as well. Um, and then St. Thomas and Kansas City tied for ninth at the bottom of our league right now. They both dropped both games, though St. Thomas made it close as mentioned. So let's talk about the South Dakota and Western Illinois game first. Junior Anna Dietz led the charge there for the Leathernecks with 23 points while Alyssa Dins and Carla Flores combined for 26. Super nice to be able to say Carla Flores name again, excuse me. Um, I know she was out there for a while, but I'm super excited to have her back. She's so much fun to watch. Definitely want to cherish her time in the league. Um, Western led the entire time with the exception of one tie and they also got 18 points off of Coyote turnovers. That's what did it for Western. Um, Grace Larkins with 18 points and 10 rebounds for a double-double for the Yotes. So definitely a good performance there, but Yotes just couldn't quite uh, do it last weekend. I was told from multiple people, I was not able to watch the entire game. I watched part of it, um, but I was told from multiple people that it was sloppy both on the part of the teams and um, the refs. <laughs> I was told the officiating was not great, um, but that it went both ways. Um, so at least they're going both ways, I guess. Um, but I know that a lot of people on, on both sides were not happy with how that went. Um, speaking of sloppiness, 49 fouls between both teams in that game. Um not really sure what to chalk that up to. Could be the refing, could be on the girls. I'm not really sure. 25 fouls for USD and 24 for Western. Tell me if that's normal because there were also 49 in the NDSU-UND game, but it just feels like a gross amount of fouls to me. I don't understand how we're fouling that much. I, just, I cannot wrap my head around that. 50 fouls, literally, in in two games this week. We had 49,000 two, in two different games. Um, I went and looked at some of the other box scores just to see if like it was adding up. In the St. Thomas um, SDSU game, there were 30, so that's already 19 less. There was one other game, I think, in the 40s, but I did just put out a Twitter poll from the podcast account asking what's a normal amount of fouls. So if you hear this before that Twitter poll expires, um, please go vote and let me know. If you think 49 is normal, great. I mean, I love physical basketball. Um, but that's, as you've heard JC Hoyt say on our podcast last year, um, if you listen to our volleyball podcast, Christy Posey said it and someone else said it. I can't remember as well, but we were talking about the differences between like the Summit League and other mid-majors and specifically the WAC. And everyone has said that the WAC is way more physical. Not that the Summit isn't physical, but that the Summit is um, an intelligent, strategic, you know, IQ type of league in, in a lot of sports, but specifically in basketball. So for me, this feels like more physical basketball than we're used to seeing. And maybe the league is taking a turn in that direction. That's all fine and dandy. I'm just saying 49 fouls is a disgusting amount, in my opinion. But if you disagree, um, let me know. Let's talk about St. Thomas quickly. 
Um, I don't have a ton to say here other than just incredible effort. Was not expecting that out of them. This is their second year in the league. Um, we're hoping to get Coach Sin on the show here in the next couple weeks and for the first time. Um, and I would love to just talk to her and kind of get her perspective on what her team is doing this year. As mentioned, they lost to USD um, by two points. USD won that game 58 to 56, came down to the absolute wire. Um, in that game, the Yotes just grabbed a few more second chance points than the Tommies, and that's probably what did it there. Um, in the SDSU game, 61 to 51 was the final score, so it did end up being a 10-point game, but it was closer than that um, throughout the game at different different points. 24 turnovers for St. Thomas in the SDSU game. It hurts my heart to say that um, because it may have gone differently for St. Thomas had they been able to rein that in a little bit. I believe SDSU had 15 or 16 turnovers. Um, so at least eight more turnovers um, for St. Thomas than for the Jackrabbits. And SDSU, we know that they like to score. And if they can do it off turnovers good for them. They scored 22 points off of those 24 turnovers. So at least half of those turnovers basically um, were used to score. And it would have been a lot worse had they used all of those turnovers to score. So just something to think about. Um, Obviously, you can't fix everything all at once, but if UST has anything to improve, turnovers. Like I said, two incredible, incredible battles from the Tommies. Obviously, they will come back around and meet these teams, but the next time it will be in South Dakota. But like I mentioned earlier, I don't think it will be long before the Tommies are running um, at the top of this league. All right, the last game that I want to kind of break down for you is North Dakota State and North Dakota. North Dakota State came away with that game 81 to 76. It was close the entire time and it was down to the wire. Um, Heaven Hamling for the Bison, 28.6 rebounds, absolutely stellar performance. Taylor Brown with 15 points and eight rebounds, and Emily Banky with 13 points and nine rebounds. Um, so really good rebounding effort as well as scoring effort for the Bison uh, last week. On the other side for the Fighting Hawks, Casey Barovich had 27 points. So if you were to combine Casey Barovich and Heaven Hamling, that's 55 points um, out of this game just from those those two girls. So. Again, incredible scoring effort um, on both sides. And then also for the Fighting Hawks, Samaya Hoskin and Claire Orth combined for 24 points with 12 apiece, and Nakaya Hurst tallied 11 points as well. Everything was fairly even throughout this game. In the first half, it felt like UND maybe was trying to do a little bit too much. Um, someone had mentioned that to me, and I went back and watched it again, and I could see that. I could see how maybe... Um, it was forced a little bit and that maybe that hurt them. Maybe it didn't. I feel like the game was super close. Um, so I don't think it really mattered, but, um, same number or about the same number of second chance points, about the same number of points off of turnovers, seven lead changes, three ties in this game combined turnovers between both teams, uh, was 33. Somebody had 16 and somebody had 17. I can't remember which was which, but again, fairly even. Um, but something to remember is, of course, some of those are going to be forced when you're playing a game um, such as this, a rivalry game, especially when both of these teams are kind of on the up and up and have a chance to kind of get to the top of this league. Some of those are going to be forced, but some of those are also just mistakes. And with fast-paced play, you're obviously more likely to turn 
the ball over. And we have been seeing a lot of that in the Summit League this season so far. Um, If you like random stats, if you're super into stats, I would encourage you to pay attention to the turnover numbers throughout the season for every team in the league. They are fairly high right now, like I said. Uh, The team turning the ball over the least is Western Illinois, and they're still averaging nearly 16 turnovers per game, which means that everyone else in the league is averaging more than 16, more than I think 15.7 was the exact number um, that Western had. So turnovers are super high right now. I personally feel like it's due to this, the speed that the summit plays at. Um, and some of these teams that are maybe not used to that trying to match that speed. Um, but I would love to see everyone play at that pace. Cause that's what makes it fun, right? The summit league is just such a high, high intensity, high IQ league. And it's so much fun to watch. Uh, With that, we will slide into our interview portion. Um, This week, we got to sit down with ORU head coach Kelsey Music. So much fun to meet her for the first time and chat with her. Um, She's super great and obviously knows her basketball and likes to win. Um, So I'm so excited for you to hear from her. All right, fans, welcome back to week two of the Summit League Women's Basketball Podcast. Today I have with me new head coach Kelsey Music from Oral Roberts. Uh, Kelsey is a five-time Great American Conference Coach of the Year, part of at least 10 different 20-win seasons between Fresno State and Southwestern Oklahoma State, so we know that she likes to win. Coach, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, so you're from a small town, but you are an Oklahoma native. So how are you adjusting to the big city and to ORU? And how did being from Oklahoma impact your decision to apply for the job? You know, just being from Oklahoma, I feel like um, recruiting Oklahoma is, you know, it seems like if you're from here, if you know somebody, you seem to know everybody in a sense. Um, But I am from a small town. And, you know, when I was at Swasu, Weatherford wasn't a a large town by any means. Um, So being here, it's really nice. Um, I think the perks are the, all the amenities, everything's really close. You don't have to drive an hour to get to a city. <laughs> so that's always a, a nice and just the adjustment for my family and my kids and my husband. So those kinds of things are starting to settle in and, and we're getting more comfortable. Um, the, the opportunity and the choice to come to ORU presented itself. And I, I always thought that a part of me always wanted to try to be a head coach at the division one level and to take the system in which we ran for so many years at Swasu and and put it to the test at, at this level. And, um, you know, it's been a, you know, a dream come true, but at the same time, it's also presented its challenges and whatnot. But, uh, I always say uh, you can't build something overnight and it, it does take a little bit of time. Um, and just having the, the base, um, that what ORU stands for was important to me. Um, being able to stay in Oklahoma was also very important. So those kinds of things, I felt like if, um, if it was meant to be, God would provide a way. And I feel like he did. And so it's just a huge opportunity for um, me and my family and, um, you know, the a staff we've assembled to have an opportunity here in the Summit League. Absolutely. Well, you can't build anything overnight, but looking at that first game in Brookings, it certainly looks like it will not take long. Um, I was very impressed. And also as a Jackrabbit 
losing my absolute ever-loving mind that night. Uh, but what a great game. I just want to congratulate you on that. Um, you led for 29 and a half minutes or something ridiculous, some ridiculous number. And that was without Terza Moore. And I noticed um, in the radio show with Adam Hildebrandt, you talked about your speed and your pace of play. How important do you think that pace is in the Summit League? And how do you plan to keep that up throughout the season? You know, we have a rigorous preseason. Uh, they, they didn't like me much in September and October, but uh, I think they're starting to realize why. Um, the, the pace is important. I think that that's something that um, Oral Roberts hasn't done in the past. They ha- haven't had a high-octane offense. and They haven't, you know, got up and down the floor and tried to get as many possessions per game as possible. So that is definitely different for our opponents, especially as we're meeting them the first time around. Like, you can watch us on film, but when it actually happens, I think it's a little bit of a shock. Um, So I think that that can play to our advantage. I think the one thing we have to continue to work on is those empty possessions um, that we've had. Even though we're playing fast, we can't have multiple empty possessions. Um, Obviously, scoring is is part of, you know, our our mission. Our goal is to score a lot of points, but we also have to find ways to get stops in the middle of that. Um, We understand, you know, we're going to give up some extra points because we are playing at such a high, high pace but we've got to find ways to get some stops. So I think the high octane offense is definitely to our advantage and is something that we're slowly starting to understand. Um, I still don't think we're running it to the best of our ability yet, but I think we're growing each and every day and that's, that's our goal. I love that. That's um, definitely something that I've seen Oral Roberts um, improve upon and, and change. And it, they seem to come back with something different every season. So I'm certainly excited to see um, how that plays out. And speaking of that offense, Hannah Cooper is leading the team in scoring and assists. Talk to me a little bit about her role and how she's manufacturing points, not only for herself, but also for her teammates. You know, I think the system really does fit, um, you know, her God-given ability. She was really good off the dribble. Um, you know, we can work on that high ball screen or we can just let her get down those lane lines once we get let her let her free in transition. That's what I, you know, we worked on all summer and coming into this preseason and into the season is, you know, the one thing they also have to embrace is there is a little bit of freedom within the dribble drive. And I've always told them once they learn to embrace it and really take hold, and use their God-given talents, they're even even harder to stop, I feel like. And I think Hannah's really embraced that. But with the ball in her hand, she can score so well um, at the rim. Her mid-range games is getting better. Um, I think she's going to have to work on, you know, being ready to shoot the three ball a little bit more and knocking down some threes. Um, then she's really, really going to be hard to guard. But she's such a good distributor. She can pass. She can find the open man. And when she's doing that on all levels, um, she's just, I mean, she's just so good for us, especially in this dribble drive. Absolutely. Um, And the overall league statistics, so including the non-con and what we've played so far in the conference, your team is first in offense, um, but is last in defense. Is there anything you're focusing on improving defensively at this point? Absolutely. Like I said, um, we've spent so much time on the offense that our defense is not not where it needs to be. Like I said, I understand we're going to give up extra points because of our pace of play, but we've got to find ways to get stops. I think um, we, you know, we've implemented a little bit of zone here and there. We've got to work on being a unit. I think uh, that's our biggest, um, our biggest, I guess our biggest downfall right now is the fact that we're not playing a unit when we do run some man, but you know, against Denver, we ran some full court press, which we've we've got to continue to work on. And there's obviously some flaws in that, but we're continuing each and every day to focus on our defense and to be able to get stops, still being able to score at a high pace. Um, We can't can't lose sight of that because that's that's the direction in which this offense is is meant and made for. So we still have to keep our focus on scoring a lot of points, but we, we we gotta be able to get some stops in the middle of that. 
All right, let's move on to what we like to call Summit Roulette. Um, they're just fun questions, random questions. So my first one is, what was the most clutch play that you've seen your team make so far this season? Ooh. You know, I think, I don't know if it was just like one play. I don't think we could we could nail it to just one. But I think just our overall play at um, South Dakota State, being able to just come out, you know, obviously Tears of More is a preseason first team. And just, you know, knowing she wasn't going to be able to play and still having our minds right and be able to come off a long bus ride and being able to come out early in that first quarter and be able to play with them and trade buckets and then be able to have the lead for the majority of the game. Um, I, I'd say that was pretty clutch for us. I know it's not one play. I apologize. We don't run too many plays, so it's kind of hard for me to pick one. But I would no, have to say that moment. No, no apologies needed. Um, what is the worst song you've heard your team play? in the locker room or on the bus or whatever. Man, quite frankly, all that music's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even, I try not to listen to it. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not like a music buff, but some of that stuff that these these kids in this generation listen to, uh, it's, it's kind of it's bad. So I don't know if I yeah, can just pick one song. It's not great. Um, I know last year, obviously Kenny Jalopy has graduated, but last year I had her on the show and I asked her um, what kind of music they bumped in the locker room. And she was like, I don't know. I think it's Drake. I only listen to Jesus music and country. <laughs> and I That's was like, my That's girl, Kenny Joe. I love that. See, I love me, that. And Kenny Joe on, me and Kenny Joe are on the same page. I only listen to Jesus music and uh, every once in a while country. But you hear me and my uh, seven-year-old in the car, we'd be, we'd be belting out some Jesus music all the time. We, I love some good Jesus music too. Um, is there awesome. a tradition on your team that you do like before or after a game or like something you do every practice? You know, the one thing is before every game, we circle up in the locker room, we say the Lord's Prayer. Um, we end every practice circled up, we hold hands and we and we pray. Um, the other thing we do after a game, whether it's home or on the road, we circle up and pray. So I think uh, one routine that we do is, is prayer. And, you know, I think it's part of who we are and what we represent here at Oral Roberts as well, but it, it's who we are as people. So we definitely don't want to get away from that and always display that and, and let people know who we represent. Absolutely. Um, what is the best food you had during your non-conference? Best restaurant, oh. best city? Well, I did treat them pretty good when we went to UNLV and we went to a, it's like a, a Brazilian, a Texas day Brazil type restaurant and uh, that was an experience most of them had never been. Um, I'd been a couple of times. So just to be able to see their faces and to see their appreciation for that, um, it, it was really just a fun experience for us um, to be able to do that as a team and to, to see them just laugh and smile and truly enjoy each other's company. Um, it, it was awesome. So that's probably the nicest meal we've had by far. All right. Um, my last question for you is what have you been most impressed with slash what do you love most about the Summit League so far? I think it's just quality basketball and there's high level competition. And I think sometimes the, in my opinion, I know I'm new, I'm just kind of getting my foot, my feet wet in the summit league, but I think there's some really good talent here. I mean, obviously South Dakota, South Dakota state tend to be leading the way, but I think sometimes we might be a little bit underrated conference, but I think we produce some really good basketball and we can compete nationally. So I love the opportunity to compete in the summit and I hope we continue to, to pave the way and, you know, I know we get that automatic bid, but I'm hoping we can get some at large bids as this as we progress and we grow this Summit League and we, we can get some national recognition. Absolutely. Two bid league. Um, Oral Roberts has certainly had, I think this year, last year, and maybe the year before that, 
um, Earl Roberts in Kansas City has had to open with the South Dakota, South Dakota state road trip. So you certainly got your um, new person taste of, of what, what goes on in the league. But Absolutely. well, thank you so much for being here. I have enjoyed um, having you with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, friends, ORU will face off at Kansas City on Saturday at 2 p.m. local. You can find that game on the Ruse website, and we'll be back to wrap up right after this. Her Turn is a scholarship program designed to provide sport opportunities to young girls within the Brookings community who may not otherwise have the chance. Recipients of a Her Turn scholarship will be able to attend an SDSU athletic camp of their choice at no cost to their family. Not only will a scholarship recipient attend the athletic camp, but they will also experience a college campus, build relationships, and interact with positive female role models. In addition, Her Turn strives to reduce any barrier families commonly face in sport experiences. Her Turn will work with families to provide transportation to and from the camp, as well as provide necessary equipment to attend the camp. Her Turn is affiliated with the Brookings Foundation. If you want to make an impact on young female experiences in sport, you can check out the Her Turn website at herturnsd.org and also donate through the Brookings Foundation website or through Venmo at herturnsd. You can also find Her Turn South Dakota on your regular social media networks with the handle at herturnsd. What a great interview and a great opportunity to sit down with Oral Roberts head coach, Kelsey Music. Coach, thanks again for taking the time. And uh, to Kyle Stafford down there at ORU, thank you for taking the time to set that up for us. We certainly do appreciate it. We're going to run you through the conference schedule for this weekend. So starting with tonight, Thursday, January 5th, Western Illinois will be at Omaha at 7 o'clock. I believe Omaha's website stream is free, so you should be able to watch that. St. Thomas at Denver at 7 o'clock. Um, Denver does have a paywall, so you will need to pay for that game, but would encourage you to. North Dakota at South Dakota, that'll be on Midco Sports 2 and Midco Plus, and then North Dakota State at South Dakota State. The only way to watch that game is through the Jackrabbit paywall. However, I would encourage you to spend the $7 on the 24-hour pass um, and go ahead and watch that game. If you can't watch it live, I believe you can still watch it on demand um, as long as it's within that 24 hours, so maybe wait until the morning when it gets uploaded and uh, go back and watch that game. But it's definitely one of the best games we're going to have this week. Um, and probably STSU's greatest threat as far as uh, taking a loss goes right now is North Dakota State. So, But it is in Brookings, so um, the Jacks do have that going for them. But I would encourage you to bite the bullet, $7. You can't get a game ticket for that um, and just pay for that and, and go ahead and watch that game. On Saturday, St. Thomas at Omaha at 1 o'clock, North Dakota State at South Dakota at 1 o'clock, Midco Plus for that game. North Dakota at South Dakota State, that one will be on Midco Sports 2. Western Illinois at Denver. Um, Again, Denver has that paywall. Those last two games I said, the UND at SDSU and Western at Denver, those are both at 2 o'clock. And also at 2 o'clock, Oral Roberts at Kansas City, that is the lone uh, travel partner game for the week will be interesting to see what Oral Roberts does would definitely be beneficial to get that win and get 
up above 500 as they head into a long road trip with St. Thomas and Western Illinois um, next week. Obviously, it would be beneficial for St. Thomas to get a win or two. I certainly see them getting one. I could even see them getting two this week. Um, So that would get them on the board as far as the win column goes. My game of the week, um, as already alluded to, is North Dakota State at South Dakota State. Just two really explosive offenses, maybe even North Dakota State more so than SDSU right now. And I'm super excited to see um, what happens there. I am so thrilled that that game is on Thursday, not Saturday, because I will be in Frisco, Texas on Saturday. Um, So my tweeting may be a little subpar um, and not like usual when I'm really just hammering out the tweets, but I will do my best. If you've got something you want me to see, send it to me, tweet it at me. Um, I certainly Certainly will be on my phone and and looking at that and paying attention to that. But I will be uh, having a party down there in Frisco. Shameless plug. Good luck uh, to the Jackrabbit football team, the FCS National Championship. So excited to be there. I wish it was Friday. I cannot wait to get on a plane. (laughs) Um, It's coming very fast, but it feels like this week has been dragging on. So super excited to get down there, but I will still do my best to um, keep up with basketball because obviously that be a priority in my life right now. So yeah, that's what I've got for you this week. A little bit of a shorter episode, did not have a lot of prep time and uh, didn't have a lot of time to sit down with coach either. But looking ahead, um, next week is week, or actually this week is week three, isn't it? So next week is week four. March is going to be here before you know it. We've got an extra day at the Summer League Tournament. We hope to get you more content on that as we get closer, probably into February. We'll start um, looking at that and and talking about that a little bit more. But remember that all 10 teams get in this year, um, so it's going to be a little different. But who does not love more basketball, right? Well, besides my bank account, uh, because the extra day literally makes it at least $350 more um, (laughs) for me. So my bank account is not going to love it, but our basketball hearts will. All right, I will leave you with that. Don't forget to stay on the summit. See you later.